You know what I'm saying? I don't sound like it. I feel like I don't act like it. I maybe not be as controlled, you know, um, and what God really laid on my heart is that it is, I made you, so that scripture that talks about I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, it's talking about I made you perfectly just the way that you are. And there are things that he has placed inside of me that he hasn't placed inside of you and that he will use in order for me to to let small humans as well as larger humans know that it's okay to be different. It is You don't have to look like everybody else. Welcome to the What Next Podcast, hosted by Sean Reed, where we pay it forward through conversations. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey to discover what's next for you. People like to call down the name of God all the time, and they'll be like, you know, about prayer and all of this stuff. But the truth is, when rubber meets the road, I find that the ugly comes out in us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, They always I remember because I struggled so hard with my dad growing up that, um, you know, the saying that says, you know, the the true measure of a man when his back is against the wall, Mm -hmm. because that's when you you really get to see who people truly are. You know what I'm saying? And I I grew up thinking or knowing that my dad was the fun dad. Mm -hmm. My dad was the dad that took us like on road trips, um, if, I think you may have been too young, I don't know, you remember like um, Coney Island or one of those theme park type things Coconut came to Jamaica. Park. No, 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 like came to Jamaica as oh, a, like a traveling like thing. Like a traveling, really? Okay. Yeah, and my dad, nobody's parents mm-hmm. wanted to take them, yeah. but whose parent took? <laughs> my dad took all of my friends, mm. all of my brother's friends, all of my mm. sister's friends. Like he was that guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think for me, what my struggle was in getting older is that when it was time for him to make some of the really important decisions, those hard decisions that really have to do with character, mm-hmm. I felt like he failed. Mm. And he didn't do that well at all. And I had a real problem and issue with that because growing up, my dad was like everything to right. me. You know what I'm saying? Right. So as I started to go into teenage years and see, you know, how he, like, it's when, you know, I think sometimes we may idolize our parents or we have them on that pedestal, 100%. you know, and then you realize that these people are actually human and they are flawed yeah. and they make mistakes when my parents went through a really ugly divorce mm-hmm. and so bad that they sent us away to school mm-hmm. because it was affecting everybody so right. much, you know, and so even in reflection and looking back at things no, I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. You guys couldn't get your crap together enough to be civilized to say it's affecting the children in a way that they're not being productive, yeah. right? And we're going to do... No, because everybody's caught up in their emotions. Everybody's caught up in... Listen, this thing about feelings, I had to have this long conversation with someone this week about feelings are a lie. Do not buy into them. Do not. Seriously, feelings will mislead you and cause you to do one whole heap of rubbish, right? If you think of feelings like gas, how it inflates you and builds you up and will cause you. Think about, I don't know, I'm sure all of us are guilty of it at some point, you know, of tracing somebody off Mm -hmm. because you're what we like to call in your feelings, Right. right? 
And then all of a sudden, you whether you have the moment at the time or weeks or months later, and the reason why I said don't put too much stock in your feelings is, all right, you're so passionate about it at the time that you're willing to. Let's look at some of the things people have done. People kill over it, right? right? Hurt people severely, yeah. mess up and mash up people's lives. And then maybe a month or even a year later, it's like, well, I'm over it. Yeah. Well, okay, you're over it now, but what have you done in the, the wake of it? you have caused right so what is it that we're really putting all of this stock and weight in feelings are a lie i like that you know sometime last or the year before i have made a conscious effort to not get upset mm. right you're my hero with that by the way <laughs> right um and that's simply because for years and years and years and years and mm -hmm. years, I've recognized how, like I've always said, if I were able to step back mm -hmm. as a third party watching me as a as a TV show, yeah, how do I look when I get upset? Yeah, and when any human being gets upset, they look so ugly. Mm. They physically look ugly, wow. and like I almost equate however god has done it he has made the anger that builds up inside of you when you're upset show on the outward yeah that is why you cannot be attractive or sexy or beautiful or cute and upset at the same time mm. they're polar opposites yeah and i said to myself wow imagine how somebody else looking at me must feel seeing me in that state that, in that state and so clearly i failed you know, over the years, but I've made a super concerted effort, especially in 2022, to not get upset. Mm. Um, because as you said, most of the time, if you stop and then think yeah. and stop and then speak, I mean, you know, unfortunately, you can't always stop for two or three months, mm, but yeah. if you give yourself some time and say, you know, let me just not say this right now, it's probably yeah. not the best thing to say. Um, just don't get upset because it's really an, an ugly emotion. It is. And it's, it's, of course, you have to ensure that you're not going to suppress mm -hmm. um, your thoughts, which are genuine on it. But if you can convey the thoughts without conveying the feeling, or that's probably the right way to say it. No, no, no. I think you are saying it correctly. I just think that most of us are not emotionally stable enough to do it. And I think the reason why I do believe that waiting, mm -hmm. right, and doing it at a later time is better because I don't think that most of us can separate the emotion right. from like, because at that time, because what we really need is the true introspection, right? right? And so you were able to look at it and I really want to just go back to what you said about how... Um, you can't be beautiful, you can't be attractive, you can't be sexy at the same time as you being ugly, mm -hmm. right? And I think you hit the nail on the head in the sense that two things can't be housed at the same time. And it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Like when we look at sin, when we look at any of these things, if the Holy Spirit resides in us, right? But we are doing things that are either sinful or, or ugly, like the anger, the nastiness or whatever, he can't live or reside in that space. 
So it's one or the other. You can't be carrying, you know what I mean? Where yeah. the Holy Spirit is leading you and, and you're walking around the place tracing off people and carrying on in this nasty way. So I think, I, I really do think that you hit the nail on the, the, the head there, you know, with that point. And, but I think what most people lack is being introspective and taking that time. Now, I realized I grew up in a household with, okay, I'll say it here what I would consider two of the most unwise human beings. Like I didn't know what wisdom was when I came into, to, to, to Christendom and, and, um, I didn't know wisdom was something you could pray about. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that wisdom was like a thing. Like I knew being smart was a thing. I knew that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I didn't know about wisdom. And wisdom for me was the game changer. It was like that thing that I wanted to know about because I'd never experienced it before in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm being, I'm not being facetious when I say <laughs> this. I'm not being cheeky in any way. I didn't, I really legitimately did not understand. Someone I know who's a doctor of psychology was administering um, a test with a group of us, right? And it was a wisdom test. And I was just like, oh, cool, because this is something I want to learn about. And there was, you know, just like you do any test, there's a grading scale, right? right? And so the grading scale, you know, like if let's say it's um, 100 to, to 90, mm -hmm. you're, it's an A or whatever it is. Let's just say I didn't even make the, the numbers. <laughs> it was like <laughs> the less than. <laughs> That's where I was. And... For those of us that are trying to equate and figure out what wisdom is, it's when you allow your emotions, and this is why I'm tying it back into what we were talking about before, it's really where you're allowing yourself to be ruled and every decision and everything that you make to be ruled by your emotions and feelings. And I say this because that is the household I feel like I grew up in, right? So my mom may have been very business smart and savvy, but because like if something upset her or or either of them or whatever, it would be a lash out. It would be a response, that immediate response that was like dagger attack, not like let's let cool heads prevail. Let's, you know, and I realized um, a long time ago that in terms of. All right, I can be very passionate about things. So for lack of a better term, very emotional, right? And I realized I don't make decisions when I'm like that. Mm -hmm. I always sleep on it. If you feel, so we might say, you know, when you feel really like that's it, I'm going to do it. I have to do it. And anytime that I hit that point, I know I'm not making a decision at that point. Okay. 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 Right. That is when I'm like, oh, okay. Because what I realized is sleep on it. If you feel the same way in the morning, all right. But at least you know that you've given it some time where you've now cooled down or at least have allowed some time to pass where you're not as agitated or aggravated as such. Right. And most of the times I'm going to say nine out of ten, I opt not to say it, yeah. do it. You know what I mean? Because, again, I was carried away and it goes back to the theory of emotions are like um, or feelings are like gas. They inflate you and then they'll just dissipate. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know the whole gas thing fills <laughs> you up and then they just kind of just go, right? But I will say it's it's funny um, because my wife is the same way in the sense that she will look at something she purchased 
four or five months ago. And she's like, who bought that? <laughs> you bought it. But at the time, she had to get it. Mm-hmm. This was extremely important. Yes. I have to get this thing. This is this is, this is is needed for life. And then a few months, she's like, who even likes that color? <laughs> I was like, what? But it's interesting that you speak about your parents that way because this is broad brushing, obviously, but I think that... So, so my wife and I are opposite. Yeah. Right? We're That's opposite. what I like about both of right? you. I have two very different relationships <laughs> with you. We're opposite. Um, and definitely, you know, I'm sure she would say that, especially in the earlier years, it would have been, why, why is he not as emotionally in tune as I would like, right? Because mm-hmm. that's not me, right? And I would probably say, why is she not as practical as I would like, mm-hmm. right? And I think that clearly we're still growing and a lot more to grow and learn, you know, we're doing or anything. But being able to appreciate that we are opposite is yeah. also important because th- in, in that opposite, we what's the word called? We benefit from each other's strengths and weaknesses. Absolutely. Right? And so to your point about your parents, if there are two people who are, who act on emotions, yeah. then you're, all, you're both going in the same direction. And some, depending on the scenario, yeah. you need somebody who's going to act on emotion and you're supposed to say, this is not the right way. Let's Pull calm you down. back. You Let's need some, yeah, yeah. Take yeah. some time. And similarly, somebody like myself who may act practically my wife were like, no, let's let's do this right now. And the both both things can coexist. Yeah. It's about being able to appreciate mm-hmm. and realize that just because someone doesn't think like you doesn't mean that there's something wrong. It's two different ways of, of approaching life. And both methods have their pros and cons depending on the environment or situation at that point in time. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think balance is so important. And as you were talking about you and your lovely wife, I was I just saw an equation mm-hmm. pop up, in, you know, in my visual, and how things just have to be balanced in order for it to work, mm-hmm. right? And I find that couples don't usually get into that groove where they appreciate the thing about the person that probably. Um, Oftentimes I've heard couples say that the thing that they love the most about the person when they met them is ends up being the thing that annoys them mm. the most, right? Mm. And then I think it comes full circle though that you end up appreciating that again. So it, mm. it, there is yeah. a cycle because you understand that there is a time. You know what I mean? And and sometimes, especially growing as a couple, when people are trying to find their own rhythm, mm-hmm. um, because I think they're trying to find themselves and how they're working within the spare. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So there might be that, that conflict or that pushback of trying to still maintain my individuality. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so you might push back against the person that's trying to be logical. And women do in terms of, because sometimes men try to fix it Mm -hmm. when they just want to be heard. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think um, that's one of the big struggles, I think, with male and females, because men in general, and I mean, again, we're speaking generally, um, want to fix something. Mm -hmm. And women, many times, is not necessarily looking for something to be fixed as much as they want to be heard even though i do think they do want things to be fixed <laughs> i think they just want to be heard first yeah you know it's very interesting yeah. um so we're doing this differently 
you should have asked this question a long time ago. But I definitely think that it's a good conversation. Mm. So, hi, Tamika, how are you? Hi, good day <laughs> to you, sir. Good night. How is your mental health today? My mental health today is great. I'm recovering from not being well, so I'm giving God thanks. I'm grateful for good health and for feeling strong. I'm excited about 2023 and all the amazing things that God has in store this year. <laughs> I like that. That's very positive. No, I no. Listen, I find you to be very um what is it? Anytime towards the end of last year that I've been in a negative place, I feel like I could call my um super friend with his <laughs> super positive attitude and he would find a way to just turn it around and I'm like, "Yeah, all right. Well, let's why not be positive about it? Why not?" <laughs> But I think I was so happy to let 2022 go that I, that, I mean, like literally I was burning fire <laughs> to let 2022 go. It was just such a rough year. It really, to, for me personally, I'm not ashamed to admit that it was probably the hardest year of my life. Okay. So um, interesting that you said, how is my mental health? Because mm. I would say my mental health in 2020 two definitely was probably at the worst place um and i may have had to hide it well um for work but um you know god knows all things he sees all things and he sent help where i needed it and i knew that i was struggling and because of what i do i i knew that i had to get help and so i wasn't afraid to um to 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 seek it out because I know based on the mandate that God has for me I need to I need to operate at a particular level you know so um in seeking help um professionally and spiritually then it was a, I was able to to then you know be very introspective on how I was processing what was happening and for most of it it felt like I was having an out of body experience you purposefully sought out help. Yes, okay. I had to. I, there was no way that I could be who God has called me to be in the position um, that he has me in without getting additional help. I knew that I was at a in a place where things were so bad for me that I could not do it myself. This was not a... Um, and I feel like I've always been that girl um, that where... I can will myself, I can talk myself into it, I can pray through it. You know, um, the Americans saying, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm -hmm. None of those things would have worked for me. I knew that I needed more. You know, it's interesting. And while I get why you would say, because of what you do, you need to get the help. But I also think that that's one of the reasons why so many people sometimes don't, don't. get help. Because you're like, they don't see... They think they aren't in a position of, um, based on what they do or how they live, that they need to get help. Yeah. But they don't realize that, A, every day that you don't get help, you're negatively impacting yourself. And B, everybody around you is feeling that impact. Yeah. And I, it's, it's so unfortunate that people getting help for their situation, mm -hmm. right, is so taboo. Negative. It is so looked down upon it is because if we're truly honest um 
there are a lot of things that I think if we were very transparent with that people would not receive it well. And I think if we're just really being honest, um, because we're so flawed as humans, you know, and there are people that we going back up to the pedestal, um, that we put on pedestals where it's like, it's totally okay for this person. Like, so John Brown can have a nervous breakdown and that's okay. But Susie, who is in the public eye and is doing this cannot, you know what I mean? And it's just like, but you see, we all are humans and we all, um, fall short, right? And for me, I don't know how to explain it other than earlier 2022, I got COVID. It was really bad. I was very, very sick. Um, I was at home for more than two weeks alone by myself. And um, that they talk about COVID fog Mm -hmm. and long-term COVID. I mean, I think I had it all. Mm-hmm. In terms of, I literally felt like I was a shell of myself right. walking around and I would consciously talk myself into how I needed to be or act or know um, in order to function. Mm-hmm. So if I know that I have to go to work today and I know that I'm going to run into um, these people and I'm saying, okay, well, you know that you have to be pleasant. And in order to be pleasant, you this is how you, like I literally was was talking myself through it step by step. Right. This is how you, ha- how you have to greet people. This is how you have to, like I literally was talking myself through in order to get through each day, right? And that's why I said I felt like I was having this outer body experience. Yeah. And nobody, I don't, the only two people that I feel like that would really, really know would have been my best friends because they, I think they just know me so well. And the one that lives in Jamaica, I avoided. <laughs> no, it, it's a real, because I, I, I know that she yeah. would know how yeah. bad it was. And the one that doesn't live here was the one that I was transparent with. But I knew that she wasn't here. Were you embarrassed to tell people? That you were not feeling like yourself? Oh, I didn't tell anybody. Right. So were you embarrassed? Um, I think, I don't, I don't think that I was mentally in a place to even know. I think I was in such a hole that I, I was, I could only deal with me. Okay. If I'm honestly, yeah. like I was not concerned about John. Okay. I was not concerned about Joe Brown. I just, I felt like I was falling through, like, through a tunnel or a hole that I could not grasp, reach, mm. or like it. It felt like despair. Yeah. Like like I'd never been there before, and I I didn't. You know, I was I was afraid. You know that that if you think things could get worse, I'm like, how could th- could things possibly get? <laughs> how could things possibly get worse? So I had to reach out both spiritually and to 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 ensure that how do I how do I move forward you know what i mean and um yeah it was just and no and really it other than the people that i had surrounded myself um to get help no one else knew so whether i pretend really well no no you know why do you why do you think that we feel the need to pretend 
why are we why are we so uncomfortable with just why is it why is it unnatural to walk into work slouching someone says why is slouching i said man my husband just beat me up like why can't you no i'm not laughing at that statement (laughs) but i'm just laughing at the emotion yeah why can't Um, someone say like why why is being honest about certain things so taboo i don't think it's the honesty part and as you started talking what came like the words that just jumped out Mm. at me was expectation Right now, I think it's a little bit different in terms of like when you talk about someone who is being abused, Mm -hmm. I think there is a certain level of empathy um, that will go straight across the board. But that true, but that is also a just starting to turn the wheels Mm -hmm. and be still heavily taboo. But there is if, if we could be talking. All right. I don't know if this is apples to apples. Mm-hmm. You tell me. You have two people. They come into an office. Mm-hmm. One person says, oh, my gosh, you don't know what just happened. My husband and I got into a fight and he physically assaulted me. Mm-hmm. Okay. One scenario. Another person comes in and I'm trying to not say something flip. Um, but basically, they're saying something about their emotional mm-hmm. state state of mind right. and not or not feeling like they can cope with a particular situation which do you, which of the two do you think an employer is going to have more so you're you're totally you're totally correct the employer or anybody in the office will have more empathy or more understanding outwardly or even say that you're sick if you came in and you so so let's use it because i'm like okay maybe that was not an apples to apples you came in you said you you weren't well right you can see that the person is physically not well mm-hmm. but you're like, well, I mean, it's work and you need the work done. Mm-hmm. So you're going to power through versus this person has come in with this. Er- you know what I'm saying? It, it's I feel like but, you know, the reason why I am as as you're saying it and I'm trying to process it and I'm not sure if it was you and I that had this conversation. We were talking about um, that 20 year old group. You know, those in their 20s, a lot of people um, that I know well have come to me and shared with me stories about um, people in their 20s that they've hired and how it's not working out. Mm. Like they just can't cope. They just can't manage Um, every day. It it, it is like an emotional outburst or something where they feel like they need to take time off and I feel like that's not how we grew up. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. I don't know if it's a work ethic. And I mean, if there was something going on in my personal life, and I don't know if it's being schooled by corporate America. I was in corporate America for 10 years. And in the States, you're just a number. Correct. Okay? Correct. And I remember... It's one of the biggest financial institutions in the States. I remember going in for the job interview and them telling me, we are not hiring Tamika Wright. We're not interested in hiring Tamika Wright. What we're interested in hiring is someone that can do X, Y, and Z. If you can do X, Y, and Z, and this is something that I feel like I hear like a sounding gong over mm-hmm. and over and over. And many times when people come to me with, with I would say, emotional issues or problems when we are in a work setting or situation, I'm thinking to myself, 
I did not hire, you know, <laughs> and I, I feel like maybe if I'm being truly honest, my level of empathy in the last couple, maybe few years has changed and shifted because I was, I want to say that I was really schooled by that system. So you're, so. <clears throat> like you'd have to be dead you no. are no no i understand so i so i understand mm-hmm. so the first not the first but one of the companies i've worked for in my life mm-hmm. heavily it's known as a heavily transactional company yeah you come you do your work you leave not saying they don't care about people but it's transactional yes right? i understand and so that is where i spent a lot of time mm-hmm. and that level of expectation you can't help but be affected by it Yes, it impacted mm-hmm. and influenced who I became, mm-hmm. right? And when I left there to go somewhere else, which is a more traditional Jamaican company, with that same mentality, it mm-hmm. did not work. Mm-hmm. And I would say just in the last four years, maybe three, mm-hmm. if I'm maybe two and a half, <laughs> I've really started to appreciate yeah. the, the emotional side of, the workplace yeah to realize that if somebody comes to work and they're not mentally okay or they're sad or they're crying whatever the case is that's important too yeah and it's unfortunate mm-hmm. but the reality is is that you know they have these studies that show that in certain countries um they are more emotional in the workplace versus transaction in the workplace yeah. and jamaica is definitely and emotional in the workplace culture. Mm. Before we start meetings at a lot of companies, mm-hmm. people pray. Pray. Mm-hmm. They ask, how are you? Like, meeting starts at 9 o'clock, and work doesn't happen at 9.30. It is, how are you doing? How are your kids? How was the weekend? Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. And for me, that was a huge culture shock. Yeah. Because I'm used to, if it's a 9 o'clock meeting, at 8.59, they start the meeting. I just work, 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 work. Yeah. And there are pros and cons to both. Because if you, again, broad brushing here, you'll find more people being super loyal in Jamaican companies because they feel that people care about them. They're invested. They're invested because that person knows my family. They know they care about my family. And in other countries, it is, I'm just a number. I'm just a So I will hop out today and move somewhere else. Both have pros and cons, to be very honest, Mm -hmm. because sometimes in our society, we will know Tamika is not performing. I know Tamika is not performing. But I know it's her daughter doing GSAT next year and I really care that. It's like, yeah, yeah but what's her daughter doing? Have GSAT <laughs> have to do with the work? It's two different things. Yeah, the equation not matching. It out. doesn't match up, but it's, <laughs> yeah, but just next year, man, next year, and next year never comes. Like, I know people yeah. in jobs right now that for the past eight years, they've been doing no work. Wow. The people who, Manager person, no, they They're do not no doing work. any work. But you know, she's going through a rough time at home, and yeah, but you're paying them to do nothing. That's crazy yeah. to me, though. But that's a reality. Yeah. But to your previous question, or your previous point is, I've always thought that the same way I can call in and say, sneezy and not feeling well or have a headache, which is sometimes even questionable because you can't see a headache, right? Yeah. So that's questionable, right? Mm-hmm. But have a fever something that people can physically see a fever but foot broke you know that's 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 mm-hmm. a reason to call in but why can't i call and say i'm not feeling up to it today but if i go to work not feeling up to it 
I'm going to give substandard performance. And being not being mentally well should be grounds for a sick day as well. So here's the problem with that. I want to say I'm on your bandwagon, I'm driving with you, and I'm on board all the way. Here is the problem. <clears throat> Trust and honesty. We cannot trust people, and people are not honest. Mm -hmm. I, okay, just for the disclaimer, BC, right, before Christ, before I was sanctified and saved, um, I used to be the queen of, now I always had really great work ethic, mm -hmm. right? But if you needed a story, <laughs> right? You needed like a good excuse or to talk, so you know mm -hmm. through i was your guy mm -hmm. i could make up a story that was super believable at the drop of the hat i mean in college my poor grandmother she died at least three times <laughs> no she had already passed so please i'm not calling down death on anyone she had already passed but and i thought she would have been amused that i got out of um a lot of things using that as an excuse mm. but the truth is people are not honest yeah right and we cannot how do you how do you safeguard against who is being honest right. and who is not because what last year taught me um, more than anything else, I think is, you know, sometimes it's two sides. You might say, I know that person. I know them really well. And I feel like I can speak for them. Mm -hmm. And then there's another side where do we really know people? And last year, because of what was happening to me, I felt like if people had told me that I would have done X or Y last year, I would have been like, you're crazy, you're mm -hmm. mad, never happened. Mm -hmm. Not this chick. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. No way, no how. With stronger language, right? right? And, um, but I, and it was that reminder, the, the humility coming back, right? That sometimes you do not know what someone will do until they're in the situation that their back is up against the wall and they're hard pressed where they feel like there is no way out. Correct. Yeah. That is a strong right? statement. Yeah. Yeah. And where is the where is the grace and latitude? Because I mean, when you when you think about murder cases you think about so many different things where you're like no but i know this person and they would never do anything like that so you know i remember a few years ago saying to a friend of mine um it was about her situation with her boyfriend but what i said to her is that i remember saying to her at the time i've known my girlfriend for at the time four years mm -hmm. with the cases and I've known her for about four or five years, my wife, for four or five years. And I know her about one or two percent, right? So how can you swear for this guy? And she literally said to me, you only know your wife one or two percent? You're a bad husband. <laughs> and I was like, let me tell you something, maybe 0.5 percent. Because the reality is, is that there are a whole host of things that we haven't gone through we yet. We have not, ex yeah. Something as simple as since I met my wife back in 2010, Neither of us have ever broken a bone. Yeah. I mean, that seems small, right? But have I broken a bone? But have I been fired? But have I lost a job? But have not gotten cat? Like, your your real life situations that you've not been experienced, experienced. and experienced together. together. 
So, because so, when you have those two, I mean, when you're talking about people fighting over the cap being on the to, um, exactly. the toothpaste, and that's like we're we're ready to wage war over it. Exactly. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like mayhem is about to break loose exactly. in the house because over that. So the the, the 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 thought process that you think you know somebody, it's so false. It's so false because at the end of the day, if I lose my job tomorrow. She may say, oh, it's not that big deal. But then how do I receive it? Yeah. Am I the same, Sean? Do I get sad and depressed and moping around the house? And it's, it's, it's we, don't, we truly don't know each other until we go through life. So I want to, and I feel like I was so on the, I was, I was on your boat and I, cause I want to be on your boat. And, but as you're talking and I'm like, I, I don't like to, I feel like I'm hearing my dad's voice in my head talking about, I'm just going to play devil's advocate. <laughs> no, play with you. Proceed. Um, because I was thinking about it. And as you're saying that, whereas, okay we've not experienced this particular situation mm-hmm. together. Is it, and I'm talking about, I'm going to talk about you specifically, mm-hmm. right? Because some people are not introspective. So mm-hmm. if you're not introspective, I wouldn't expect you to go through this, mm-hmm. right? Would you say, though, that you have a fairly good, if not great, idea of her character? So let me answer it this way. Okay. Answer it this way. I, Sean Reed, mm-hmm. I can't even say I fear do my character mm. because... Okay, all right. From that perspective, I get you. I can sit down right here right now saying, mm-hmm. I don't believe in killing people. Thou shalt not kill. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if I got this in my hand and somebody's about to shoot me, what would I do? I would be lying to myself. And that is why... But I, is that character or is that... Because I'm not sure that that's character, though, in terms of... Because that's... You're more talking about a fight or a flight situation in terms of a response. Like, are you someone that is quick to respond in a situation or are you going to freeze? I don't think that has to here, do with character. Fair. But here's what I'll also say. We're also all changing. This Yes, because and, we and, want to grow. Or and, the hope is that we're growing. <laughs> I mean... And, and that's a point. My point is... My wife at 20 is the same person? No, nor yeah. am I. And okay. so if I am consistently changing, again, some of them are character traits, some of them are yeah. more service level, which is true. Mm-hmm. But if, if my character is changing at 0.001% each year, that's the entire 0.001% that she doesn't even know it. Mm. That she has to keep on learning and, okay, Sean is growing this way or Sean is not growing this way. And again, yes, I would say in my mind, I'm to say, of course, I know who she is and I know her, I love her. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I feel. But if I to be practical about it, about it, if she's changing every day because she herself is growing, she doesn't know what she's going to grow into. So how could I know? That's an excellent point. I want to give you a golf clap for that one and be like, <laughs> bravo, bravo. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Because, no, it's a very, very good point. And as you were talking earlier, the reason why I brought up the whole character is because I was thinking about God's character. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, is that God's character doesn't change. So that Whereas, is why that is why they always yeah. say, you know, when you're getting married or whatever the case is, you have to get, you should be getting married, or you should be getting married to God or mm-hmm. to the, the belief of God and Jesus Christ and somebody who is along a journey with you, mm-hmm. because if they continue to believe in Jesus and God, etc., then hopefully that's your north the, point. That's your north that's point. That's your north point. Because. They're going to change. I'm going to change. Everybody's going to change. But hopefully, we're going towards we're the same direction. The same trajectory. Right. right. 
So you are both growing and we may not be on the same path, but you're still, it's your plumb line, it's your north point, your trajectory is the same. The only hiccup is, and this has happened, is when people decide to jump off and that is no longer their plumb line. Correct. Right? And because to your point, when you look at, um, you mentioned about how do you know how someone's going to react when you're in this devastating situation? Mm -hmm. People go through bankruptcies. Mm -hmm. Um, Heaven forbid, and this has to be one of the worst things, the death of a child. Mm -hmm. Um, The statistics on that when a child has passed is that... That it just most marriages don't are not able to endure it. Exactly. exactly. You know? And so you're making some real, real valid points. But I think most people go into things and they don't want to hear that. That I remember when we were getting married, I was doing premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the question was, but I remember saying to the priest that marriage is unnatural. She was happy to hear that. She she looked at me like, What? It's unnatural? I said, it's not natural. And the priest was like, Sean is right. If it were natural, it wouldn't take work or effort. Anything that's natural doesn't take work or effort. Unnatural things take work or effort. I'm wondering, okay, so, and I don't know, because this is my thought on that is... I, because we just finished doing um, Adam and Eve mm-hmm. again, but with a, a, a different age group um, this Sunday. And the scripture talked about in Genesis 3 with the fall of man. Um, I think it says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. Right. And it talks about childbirth and that they, we would struggle in childbirth. And these were all they, these were some of the results from the disobedience, mm-hmm. right? That God, he did not, he wasn't taking away his love, right? He was now moving them to a different location and then there were consequences um, for this. And so with that, because it also says, and I was thinking about this today, that the woman has to be, um, what is the word? I don't remember what, what the scripture says, but it really refers to um, that the woman has to defer. Mm. to the man right and i i think about that the word that a lot of people in this day and age find as a dirty word Mm. which is submission Mm -hmm. and it's not a bad thing but it's it's and i and i thought about it and i was like is this because eve made the decision to eat the apple Mm -hmm. and then talked adam into it and so all of these bad decisions came from that one Mm -hmm. deceptive thing Mm -hmm. so even though adam was the one that got the instructions right because there are a lot of different people as you read commentaries and stuff like that they were like well eve didn't get the is it because eve didn't get the the direct information from god she got it from adam that she was not obedient and i mean we can theorize or or whatever we just don't know right Um, But God set it up in a way that the man is the head, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't know if it's also because men are built a certain way. Because for a long time, I thought that men and women were the same. Mm. And I think the older I grew and the more introspective I got, because most of my friends at one point were all men. Mm -hmm. And um, people used to say that my thought process was more like a man than it was Mm -hmm. a woman, than it was like a, a, a woman. 
And but the more I got older and started looking, I realized that men and women are so different. Totally. We are so I mean, <laughs> the whole I've never read the book Men Are From Mars, Women mm-hmm. Are From Venus, but they're two very different planets. Correct. And so I can only imagine that it's referring to the fact that we are so, so different. Correct. And Correct. we are. You know what I'm saying? And you have to understand that the things that a woman would respond to and the way that a man is going to react to something else, to the same thing, is going to be so different. For the opposite. Day and night. Now, you do have, you know, the exception to the rule and stuff. But generally, if we're just painting that picture, generally, um, yeah, men and women are just very, very different. And and the earlier we understand and accept that... Right. Because most of us, we want to play this game. Right. But but no, we need to accept it and realize it so that we can figure out how to to live because we are meant to live together. We are meant to live in harmony. And I think that's why people might refute your statement of it being unnatural because it doesn't sound good. I mean, I think everybody wants the whole, you see, you don't mind the stinky mess. <laughs> You're happy with the, the stinky mess. Mm. Most people want the flowers. But that's most people, It is not, but most people can handle the rose garden. Right. Most people cannot manage the sewer. And I think, so you're correct. And I think that the issue in quotes with that is... That's why that's why so many people when they're in marriages or relationships, whatever you call them, they're super struggling because nobody told them the truth. And I don't just use marriages because I'm not saying my marriage is perfect. Yeah. They will go for something as simple as my daughter, right? I have her watching Disney shows all the time. At what age I'm gonna tell her that's not reality? Yeah. Because I'm filling I'm filling her head up with roses and rainbows, mm-hmm. and the second she realizes that that's not reality, mm-hmm. and so that's just how life is. We grow up with these in quotes fairy tales or the societal norms of what a marriage is supposed to be, mm-hmm. and people are not being honest. Again, coming back to what you were saying previously about you not feeling well and not telling people about it. If we don't tell people, people won't know. So everybody who is married goes, oh, it's so perfect. Life is great. It's so awesome. Or everybody who has kids posting on Instagram and play with my kids. Life is good. Who is posting pictures of being up at 2 o'clock in the morning with a diaper that's best everywhere? Like, we don't post that reality. We post a part of it. We post a snippet of everybody is happy. But how long did it take that one picture? After you a nice picture, everybody in nice pajamas, there's vomit all over here and somebody crying and somebody upset and somebody bawling. And that's the reality that about marriage, I think people are just not true about that. It takes work because A, mother and woman totally different to yes. other things. That, that's a standard. Mm-hmm. That, that's a, that is a blueprint standard. I agree. Then the layer on top of that, if you meet her at 25, she has 25 years of her own history to deal yeah. with. Her mother, her father, past boyfriends, girlfriend, who did this, blah, 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 blah. You had 25 years of your history too. So all of your traits now come into that relationship. So if your family is a loud shouting family, but it's all happy and peaceful, yeah. but your last boyfriend shouted at her when he was angry, the second you shout, I say, hey, I'm happy. She's yeah. like, oh, calm down. Yeah. And she's so angry just because you said you're happy, but in the wrong pitch. Like a good example is, 
if you look in my phone book, everybody is first name, last name. If I know your middle name, it's first name, middle name, last name. Everything is there. A dash and where I know you're from. Oh, really? <laughs> right? Because I'm going to forget. <laughs> okay, because I, I was thought you were going to go with like, oh my gosh, yes, you're so organized or no. whatever. So you lost me. No, it's not right? Because I was like, in my phone book, you see like where it says, um, where it says company, yeah. that's where the code is, uh, right? <laughs> of like how I know yeah, you. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and we make the joke in Jamaica that every, like every tradesman is by the name of, so if yeah. ma maybe his name is Tony, but it's Tony Carpenter. Yeah, correct, right? correct. Or yes. Tony Plummer or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like based on where we are located, yeah, I oftentimes will use people based on location, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is where we are. So it's that person and this is the school <laughs> or, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So this is how I know it. Or if I know, if I taught a class and the person, that's how I met the person is through right. the class, then I will, that will be the indicator and I'll put the code, like the abbreviation and then the abbreviation for the class so that I will know that, oh, this person, this person, Carol, it's from the class that I yeah, taught, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, so I'm with you. I have the code because <laughs> I absolutely, I'm not trying to, you know what I realized a long time ago? I was an overthinker mm -hmm. and it was disastrous for me. Mm -hmm. My brain never shut off. I had, in, I have for a long time, I mean, since I was a teenager, struggled with insomnia mm -hmm. and my brain would just not shut off. And if you're someone that knows me outside um, you'll see, I mean, pe I'm sure people think I'm hyperactive and, you know, so in order to quiet myself down, what I realized or to not force so much information into me, mm. I would be deliberate about what I absorb. Mm -hmm. yes. And I was talking to my sister-in-law today and she made a statement to me and I said, oh, if it is, if this is something you need me to remember, I need you to tell me that so that I can make a note of it. Mm -hmm. Because I tend to not remember things that are not, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say not important, yeah. but if it is not affecting work or something that I need to know at the tip, even like passwords, things like that, I will put all of those things mm -hmm. down. I don't, I no longer commit any of those things to memory. I used to fight so hard to memorize all of these things. And so I was wired that, okay, do I remember this? And I have this and this is going on. Da, 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 da. And now my brain still moves very fast, right? Um, because I, I tend to, if you're having a conversation with me, people will be like, you started here, but you, and you went mm -hmm. there and then you went up and it's kind of like a puzzle thing. But I'm not frantic in my mind all over the place or spastic would probably be a good way to describe mm. it. But I think that what's important about that is recognizing something about yourself and being proactive about it. And I think that's really important. But that's why the introspection is everything, yeah. Sean. And I feel like if we can teach our kids to learn to be introspective, they're going to be so much better in terms of emotionally. Because if you know, uh, all right, many times what grieves us, and I'm using the word grieve deliberately as adults, 
is. You see the four-year-old having the tantrum. You feel like the four-year-old that's having the tantrum, but you have been so conditioned. You can't behave like the four-year-old that's having the the tantrum. So now you're vexed. So on top of being (laughs) grieved, you are vexed because you you are in that state where you are emotionally and mentally having that tantrum, but you don't have the tools in order to effectively communicate that with anyone in a sensible way. So it's, you know, I was speaking to a friend of mine some time ago and she indicated that, and I'm broad brushing here. She's Mm -hmm. like, if there are 100 emotions out there in the Jamaican context, right? (laughs) (laughs) Especially previous generations Mm -hmm. worldwide. Mm Maybe four or five, if you're lucky. Yeah, I put my finger for two. That's what we're <laughs> snickering about. Happy, <laughs> like... sad, upset, angry. Mm-hmm. Those that's four. It, that's it. If you're lucky, right? And so it is, you're right. We have these things inside of us, but we don't know how to express it. Yeah. And therefore, we're not that much better than a four-year-old. No, but our EQs, so many of us, our EQs are at the level of our remedial. Yeah. They're either at the, they're still at the, 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 the teenage years or yeah. preteen or whatever. So we're in this human and it goes back to, you know what? I think one of the interesting topics are adulting. Mm-hmm. Where people are like so upset about being an adult, yeah, and all of the things that go along with being an adult. But it comes and- <laughs> back to what it comes up to what I was saying, which is we lie to people. We lie to people. We're not honest, and I don't have an answer mm-hmm. because clearly I can't tell my five-year-old that life is rough. No, right? It's, yeah. But at what stage do you introduce realities? And I believe that. We're not doing it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a famous quote that says, "Hard time, difficult times make uh, hard times make strong men. Strong men make easy times. Easy times make weak men. Weak men make difficult times, or something like that." Okay. So it's a circle, mm-hmm. and so therefore, everything is cyclical. If your if your parents have a rough childhood, or to fight really hard to give you a good childhood, mm-hmm. because you have a good childhood, you're not you be- fighting for you, anything. No, you become complacent. You become soft. soft, and because you're soft, you can't fight. Mm-mm. So therefore, times it hard again, yep. and it's cyclical, mm-hmm. and so. Pointing at myself here, yeah. I want to give my daughter the best fairytale life in the world. Mm-hmm. But what happens when life boxes her over? Yeah. Will she have the skills to deal with real life? At what age do I say to her? Because I know, I know people right now who they have they have a good life, yeah. meaning they're in their twenties or thirties and they have a good life, mm-hmm. but they also were not pushed. To have life skills. Yes. So when mommy dies, when daddy dies, when Who's grandpa take, dies, yeah. the things that somebody would have learned ten years ago, how to go and shop, how to go and take care of the house, how to all this of that, 
they are still living with their parents and they're not taught that. Yeah. And, and it is stuff that has to be taught, Sean. And I'm really glad. I feel like every time you bring up something, I see a word jump out at mm. me. And, and the word that jumped out of me a while ago was, what was it? Oh, I so totally lost train of thought <laughs> of what we're talking about. You're talking about life skills and jumping out of you and people needing to be equipped. I don't remember what word it was now. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But though... I wanted to make the point about, um, I don't think it's an age thing, Sean, because you're saying, all right, you know that your kid is a certain age and how do you make the transition Mm -hmm. um, with that? And it is to me, and that's why for me, depending on the Holy Spirit is so important because if you are doing life with the Holy Spirit, then you are constantly dependent on him leading you the mm. way that you need to go, right? And so I think for sure, when you you cannot bog down a child too early, I think children have to be, um, have to have that childhood and they have to have that innocence and their tenderness because if you break that from too early it is going to cause Mm -hmm. problems later on in life right so there are what people don't understand is that there are stages Mm -hmm. and we have to go through those stages and it's a part of our human development right and when we skip a stage what happens or we miss a stage it does cause or creates repercussions in other ways and it may seem like the person seems fine you know but it is going to it's kind of like earlier you talked about suppressing an emotion or feeling you know what happens when you suppress and you push down and you push down and you push down at some point that volcano erupts and it never erupts at a good time i don't know what a good time is i would say (laughs) when you're alone and by yourself and there is no one there to witness it and and there is no fallout and no disaster but that's never when the person implodes you always implode like when you're at work or where i mean it just could not be a more inopportune time for that to happen but i think when those things happen that contrast, that juxtaposition, I think God is giving you the wake-up call that it is not the worst thing that happened because you needed that wake-up call. If things didn't box you like that, you would not be flat on your face where you would say that I have to make a change. And you see what happens, and this is my grievance, I think, with parents in looking. We want to make things so... Sorry, the word is comfort. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. I knew it would come back to me. Praise God. All right. The word was comfort. God has not called us to a place of comfort. But if you hear parents, almost everybody will tell you what they want is for their child to be comfortable. Yeah. And it is a, it really is a, it's a lie. Yeah. It is a lie. And if, if that is what your goal is, and that is what most parents goal is, you know, they want to shield and protect. And I think to a certain degree there you have to, but that's where the wisdom and, and, and the partnership with the Holy spirit comes in. Because if you expose a child too early, then there is, um, there is fallout. And I think along with communication where the child knows that, okay, now the truth is bad stuff happens all the time. Even when you try to protect, guide, you think you're in the best situations. I mean, unfortunately, um, in the job that I'm in, I've been exposed to a lot of ugly, right? And bad things that have happened to both adults and children. And some of the things you were like, 
totally didn't see that coming. Yeah. No matter how much you put the safeguards or different things in, it still happened. And it and people ask that question, well, why do bad things happen to good people, right? And But God can take anything that's bad and turn it around to his glory and good. So we have to look at, okay, so this is a bad thing that happened. All right, what do we do? When you know, and it's like if a bad situation has affected your family, what do you do? You know that this is beyond what you can manage. What do you do? Mm -hmm. You can either try to deal with it right there or you seek help, right? And going back to our mental states and our mental well-being that we cannot, maybe you're afraid to ask for it for yourself, but would you be afraid to ask for it for your kid? You know, and a lot, let me tell you something. And I do know a lot of parents um, that we may have tried to bring up um, situations to say like, hey, have you ever noticed this with your child? And they become very defensive, right? And because different in Jamaica is a bad, bad so word. I know. I and know different so does not mean... I, I, wrong. Different doesn't or mean bad. wrong. It could just be your child processes things different. So, you know what I'm saying? So Differently from, from, from what the average or normal person might. That is it. But people don't want to stand that out. And it. they don't want a stigma. Because anything that is... There is nothing worse in Jamaica... Um, the stigma of um, different or um, a men I think mental illness and different are the two things that if there was an ugly word, a bad word or something that people try to hide, avoid, right? Those that that would be it. They would be like running to the hills. I cannot tell you how many times. Um, and it's like, but you, we can't be afraid to be different. And you know what? For many, I used to question, why would God put me in this position and give me this job? I don't want it. I don't look like what the average person in my position does. You know what I'm saying? I don't sound like it. I feel like I don't act like it. I maybe not be as controlled, you know. Um, and what God really laid on my heart is that, it is, I made you, so that scripture that talks about I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, it's talking about I made you perfectly just the way that you are. And there are things that he has placed inside of me that he hasn't placed inside of you and that he will use in order for me to, to let small humans as well as larger humans know that it's okay to be different. It is, you don't have to look like everybody else. I sit down in the office with all the other people that have the same title as me and I'm like, I don't sound or look like any of you at all and it used to bother me for years until i was like you know what god really did a number on me to let me know that i was okay the way that he's made me and he made me like this for a reason i don't have to try to sound more you know um I don't want to use the word uptight because that's not it, right? But if I like to laugh and I like to have a good time and, you know, that's okay. You know what I mean? If I like to keep things a little bit lighter. But, you know, for those that know me, know that I don't have a problem being serious and, and, and going deep with you. You know what I mean? But it's absolutely okay to be different. I feel like you're beaming and bursting to say something. No, it's just <laughs> different is a very interesting word. And, um... When I was growing up, at the prep school I went to, 
they had I literally remember when it was constructed. Mm-hmm. They constructed uh, a container for some kids and it was called the unit. Mm. And in the unit mm-hmm. were kids who were in quotes different. Mm-hmm. So there's some kids in a wheelchair, there's some kids who had autism, etc. 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 Right. Um and I find it so interesting and good mm-hmm. that I know so many people which children have autism mm-hmm. because back in the day mm-hmm. they have because slow something wrong with mm-hmm. them 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 acting up yeah they were put in a back room yeah right i know of That's somebody so sad. it's sad right i know of somebody right now who not because of the environment mm-hmm. or because of their own shortcomings they have a a child mm-hmm. who is probably 30 something now mm-hmm. the child has a hearing issue nothing is wrong with the child right they grew up in a time where that was fully addressable mm-hmm. but because of their own hang-ups they have not allowed a child to even learn sign language wow. and so it just goes to show that different has 100 to do with yourself the people who are raising you and what they tell you is normal in quotes. But when you said that a while ago, it like it honestly like wounded my heart a little bit because what it did was handicap this family. One hundred percent. Right. One hundred percent. And it it does that with so many people because yeah. they're fair. Their and what it is fears. is it's rooted in fair, you know, because they're fair to address or even go and try to even hear a little bit more about yeah. it. Because most people shut down at the, you know what I'm saying? We're not even taking it a step further. We're not, you know... There are so many, and you're, Sean, when I tell you, there are so many situations and things that are absolutely, uh, that can be addressed. Yeah, 100%. And who you're hurting is the child. But most people, and it's so sad, they they think that inside of them, that it's something that they've done wrong, yeah. which is why they're not, they cannot deal with you it. Remember that one time when you were pregnant and they raised my voice? Oh, that's why, that's why. Oh, let's calm down. That's or you had why. the one drink or yeah. you had the one. And it just, yeah. it, it's, it's unfortunate because if things fall the normal course, you're going to die as a parent and this child will not be an adult with no life skills. No life skills. Because you have decided that, oh, they seem slow, so I keep them in the back room versus, no, and to me, slow I is I don't even a, think that it, it. I'm getting as far as I, because you may not even use the word slow. Yeah. It's again, it's different. different. It's different. And I'm not prepared to unravel what may come from different. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. Because what may come from different might be more than I can manage. You know, yeah. one of the biggest things that I, I mean, uh, with parents, and I try to get really in their face about it because if they don't take a stand with it, because this is exactly what it is, their conversation to me is, I'm not ready to have that conversation wow. with that with the child. Wow. The situation has now arose, right? But they're like, I'm not... Man up, 
Put on your big girl yeah. panties. Whatever it is you need to do, let's do a run through, like yeah. a drive through. Let's walk it through. Let's talk it through. Let's sing it through. Whatever you need to do. But the only person you're going to to hurt by not having this conversation is the child. Yeah. And would you rather it come from you or the idiot child at school? Yeah. And by when I say that, yeah. and I mean it with not as like a slow, but the child that's going to mislead your child right. because they're telling them foolish information, yeah. unwise information or untrue facts, right? I mean, who is it that's supposed to tell your child about the birds and the bees? The kid at school or you? Right. Who is it that's supposed to yeah. so... I'm going to say with a prayer, with prayerful consideration that in, I mean, we're all, you know, digging deep right now. Um, ask God when he wants you to reveal. And I believe with the leading of the Holy Spirit, things will come up where you can talk it through. And because you've had this open communication with her, I believe that she will feel comfortable enough to ask you and your lovely wife, right, the right questions. So don't you, I'm, I'm 40. I'm still waiting on the birds and bees conversation with my parents. I've never, I've never gotten it either. Still waiting. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you think they're going to get, you think they're going to give it to you? I mean, maybe they assume that he's working out with it. I have a kid now, so <laughs> maybe they better figure it or out. <laughs> They figured you figured it out. Yeah. Okay. But well, it's, praise it's, God. But it's true. It's you made a very good point. It's always or it's most. It's always about the parent not being able to handle it, not the child. Yep. The parent is just uncomfortable. They don't know how to handle it. But do you think we failed as a society to address? And this is why I think on my heart this year, when I say I want to help the parents, I think God has given me a heart. Um, to help the children. But what I realized when I started doing counseling classes is that you can try to help a child all you want. And that's wonderful. But if you're not supporting the family and helping the parent, all of that help is going to be in vain because what we noticed that would happen with kids is that you'd pour into a kid and pour into a kid and pour into a kid. They would go back to the unstable home situation and then the the, the same bad habits that you worked so hard to eradicate yeah. or to to come against and 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 help and sort out um they would fall back into that that same situation so really the root of it is that we have to start with the with the parental home and the unit there so maybe it's not the traditional home of a, of mom and dad which is most ideal right but you have to work with what is there well who are the parents and the truth is which is at, to a point that you've made whether it is if dad is not in the picture or mom is not in the picture, whoever it is, but you do need a strong male role model and you need a strong female role model. So if it's a single mom situation, you have to find an uncle, a friend, someone that's going to step in because the truth is for a kid to develop well, they need a strong male and female because they we do two very different things for children. Moms cannot be dads. I know sometimes they play that role, but you, in terms of um, psychodevelopment, you cannot play that role, right? No, there are things that we can try to, you know, try to assist with or whatever, but in order to really give that child a fighting chance where they have the life skills and they develop into mature and wise where you're really they 
I'm going to use the word launch because what we, I think, are not doing right now as a culture or community is teaching our children how to, we're doing everything for them, right? And so teenage years, them still can't do nothing for themselves. Mm -hmm. They're going into college, them still can't do nothing for themselves, right? And now it is they're an adult them still can't do nothing for themselves. Why? Because you didn't equip them in the way for them to, you're to, okay, obviously the four-year-old, there are certain things they <laughs> cannot do. Right. You get what I'm saying? But there is a certain level of responsibility and things that have to happen and change as they progress and get older. And when you deny that child that ability, because a lot of times, especially when work is hard, and you might say, I don't have the time for that. But the truth is what happens when you skirt on those things that you don't have the time for, what you end up with, the end result of that, which is I'm finding so much, it's the teenage years are when all the parents are like, oh my God, I need the help. When you needed the help was when the kid was eight or seven or six and those things really needed yeah. to be put in place. Yeah. But you didn't want the help at that point and when the signs were there and people were saying hey you know you kind of dismissed it because it wasn't a problem for you then no, when it became a problem is the teenage years where you cannot manage no and this is when you're on file and you're going to do everything possible to say how can i get help yeah. but it's almost it's i don't want to say it's too little too late but at that point is like where you really have to be so deliberate where when I say you're in the trenches because most of that, their character and stuff, Andy Stanley did this model with um, discipline, training, I think it's coaching and then friendship. And he broke it down by age groups, right? And saying, so you're disciplining between the zero and six, you're training between the six and the 12, and between the 12 and 18 is where you're coaching the kid because you they've already had that. You should have been training them in those early years. And I think what most people miss is what does it mean to train? What does it mean to train? It means that I have to show you. So I grew up in a household or even a time period that says, do what I said, not mm -hmm. do, do it. Was it do what I say? Not what I do. Not what I do. Right. And for me, it made me not trust adults. So by the time I was 18 and going off to college, I was done with the adults in my life. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Because everything you guys said went, it was the opposite. And I felt like I could not trust anyone you must be able to, to trust. You're supposed to train. What is the example? If you are not, if you are living your life in a way, you're telling your child, oh, um, you want them to be godly, but you are not behaving and acting in a way they're that is to godly. Do, they're going to do what they say you do, no matter what they, you say. People don't understand that actions are far more powerful yeah. than what you're saying. Yeah. This is where we have to decide, and this is where, Sean, I think we have to say, okay, 
let's even use the framework of the same family mm -hmm. meaning okay your sister has chosen to raise her family this particular mm -hmm. way but i know through wisdom and what i my wife and i have decided and how god is leading us that this is what we must do mm -hmm. right and because we are now taking this particular stand this is the outcome that we are hoping for mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so with all of that being said i think you go this idea that society or culture because mm -hmm. culture dictates culture. a lot but culture is not biblical and for those of us that are either going to stand on the word of god and decide you know what is this truly our plumb line mm -hmm. it, are we is jesus our North Star. Mm -hmm. Is that what we're chasing or are we trying to get down with the Joneses and because they've done it this way and their little girl got her um, doctorate mm -hmm. at 30 and whatever, that, that's okay. Then we need to be able to celebrate different and we need to celebrate that their path I'm glad that that worked for you, but mm -hmm. that's not what what's Fair. gonna work for yes. me. That's not. We need to be unapologetic about how we are raising our children. We need to be unapologetic about how um, our love for Christ, because the world and culture that we are living in does not it, it does not conform to that, right? And we have to decide. And this is where. For each person, it's something that I talk to um, my sibling and I get into it or not get into it, but I I was very clear with them when they started asking for my advice because of what I do. Mm -hmm. I, ha I asked, my question was, what do you believe? You need to, because they started, well, I need you to teach my kid about this. Mm -hmm. No. I'm not saying I won't. I'm here to support and I want to, but I know that's not what the best thing is for your family. The best thing for your family is for you to decide as the head of your household, what do we as my collective partnership, what do we agree? And what is going to be our North Star? Mm -hmm. What is going to be our plumb line? So that whatever is happening around us may change because that's a fact. Society is going to change, but this is what our guiding light and star is, and this is what we will continue to follow, right? And that's, and that's why the question is, what do you believe? Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it and you want to dive into a similar What Next episode, check out the links in the podcast description or head to the whatnextpodcast.com. And remember... Make it your mission to make somebody else's day better.